Welcome to Table Flipping. I'm actress Taylor Mishak. And I'm writer Alyssa Littman. Join us as we sit down with guests to unpack how the fascinating, messy women of reality TV have shaped our lives. And of course, dish about Bravo, The Bachelor, and everything in between. Thanks Thanks for for listening. Happy Friday, Alyssa. (laughs) Happy Friday, Taylor. It's, uh, oh, fuck, it's Wednesday. <laughs> wow, isn't that so, it's, that's so quarantine life, though, too. Like, there's yeah. just days I have, truly Friday, doing the pod on Friday is the most, like, regular thing that I do. Yeah, me so, too. This feels like Friday. Uh, but I will say, it's Wednesday, and Tony woke up this morning to that song, uh, one, two, three, four, seventy sixers, or whatever the hell the old Sixers anthem is, because today is the fucking first official Sixers game. So I'm so excited for them. <sighs> I I hope it's a great season. I want you know, last season I was like, I want you guys to win, and I like didn't really mean it, and now I really do want them to win. You know, <laughs> it's a lot easier to say I want them to win this season. Is uh, Mike? How is what? What's Mike's attitude this morning? Is he, he feels- buzzing? I think that he feels like better than let's just do a Ricky episode. No, I I think he for those of you guys who don't know, my boyfriend, Mike, has a podcast called The Rights to Ricky Sanchez, and it's about the Sixers. Um, Briefly, I think that he went into this offseason feeling like everything was so fucked up in the leadership of this team. And we ended up in like a much better place than they expected. And, you know, he's having fun reading, like, behind-the-scenes interviews, and that'll last until the first minute of the game where he just becomes a nightmare to be around because they never – even if they win, they never win in the way that he thinks they should. <laughs> and if they lose, he's, like, really mad. So, you know, it's going to be yeah. a long a, a long portion of quarantine that I've not really had to deal with. I have ahead of me now, but it's going to be yeah, great. Yeah, I can Please. only imagine. It's, tr- it is, it, like, the day before it is so cute. Like, Tony is wearing Sixers socks and – a Simmons jersey and a Sixers sweatshirt and he's wearing his Iversons and he's just like popping around the house like whistling and singing and I know that the second four o'clock comes around the vibe is going to shift so I certainly hope they're gonna do great you're right we've had a lot of great uh changes to the team yeah uh it's gonna be good um so that's exciting and also this is our last pod of the year Alyssa we did it you guys thank you so much for hanging in there with us and you know caring about this dumb stuff in such like a dire (laughs) time we like really really appreciate you listening to this pod and I had so much fun doing this with you Taylor yeah this is like truly the highlight of my year yeah the best thing we are and I'm so grateful for you. You do so much amazing oh. work on this and have made it so amazing and so fun. And you guys, Alyssa does so much hard work and it shows. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I We each have strengths. Taylor's extremely good at Instagram stories. She's really like broadened my horizons on Instagram and like inspired me to like try different things and you know, we just, I, I just really enjoy working with you. And that's not something I can say about literally anyone. So. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> You're like, I don't do um, partners, really. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not really a partner gal it's or like true. a group project gal. Yeah. I'm like, okay, yeah, for sure. Totally. Uh, let's get into this fucking Bachelorette finale. Uh, it's not fun, I'll just say it, to lose twice. <laughs> I really was riding high on Monday night when Ben was coming back. I was like storming around the house like, I'm going to win. It's finally mine. And Ben did come back. But after the points breakdown, I don't get the points of him being in the top three because he technically wasn't in the top three. I still get the points of him being in the top two, but it doesn't matter. All of which Alyssa pointed out to me via text message. I was like, I think I won. And she was like, nah, bitch. Look at the points. Go back to the drawing board. That was only after you texted like five winning emoji or uh, gifs like I did. And then I was like, honey. You were like, no, 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 no. And so it proves that once again, not only did I lose twice but it was proven to me that I don't understand brackets twice so I'm a stupid loser I only understand it because I have also done the same thing in March Madness brackets and Mike's had to be like hey like you can't you shouldn't you know talk shit to the group chain because you actually made a mistake and you didn't win (laughs) yeah not a good feeling not a good feeling I think that you you texted me a really great observation which was like 
that fucking Tasha was pissed when Ben came back, and not necessarily at Ben, but clearly at the producers who are so transparent in this like coronavirus bubble because they had to keep Ben in La Quinta after his exit and keep him in their back pocket in order to like release him back into the wild once Brendan left, which you're, was a bummer. Yeah, you're totally right. I, I didn't even think about how they like lose all plausible deniability in this situation because I yeah. guess if it was like real life, you could just assume that Ben came back and his love was so strong. He just demanded to like talk to her. And this is so clearly like they had that motherfucker on hold. <laughs> like, Yeah. <laughs> and she's uh, I'm telling you guys, if you still have it on your Hulus or DVRs or whatever, go back to that scene. She opens the door and she looks so mad. She like and she turns her face away from camera. It's so good. It's such a good moment of her just being pissed. And. The other observation you made that's genius is that they were clearly doing it to just try and throw some sort of distraction into the whole show because it's so obvious that she was going to pick Zach. And they're like, how are we going to make this a two-night finale if she's just, like, keeps repeating to us that she's going to pick Zach? So, I mean, it was a good move in terms of the drama, but it was a little little transparent. I'll just never forget the first season of The Bachelor I ever watched was Ben Higgins' season. And even though the entire time we were like, oh, he's going to pick that blonde girl whose name I, like, don't even remember at this point. And then after, yes, Lauren, I probably could have made that up. (laughs) Yeah, I know. That's why I said it that way. I was like, just, it's Lauren. (laughs) And then I remember on the JoJo date, I was like, oh my God, like maybe she does have a chance. I do think they're in love. And then when it was so clearly the other girl the entire time, I I realized like every moment the editors have to manu or every season the editors have to manufacture something where we actually think that there could be a fighting chance for all parties. And so I was like, no, mm. even though even though I'm enjoying thinking that there's drama, I'm gonna go with what my gut's saying, what we've learned. I definitely yeah. think it's Zach. I just wanna say really quick, because I have more thoughts about like how manipulative the producers were. Um Elaine Yacenda, Tony's mom, (laughs) is, like, actively rooting against me on our shared Instagram. (laughs) Like, we both have access to the Instagram. We both respond to DMs and see the DMs. And she's, like, sending messages, like, sad, like, crying emojis every time I I gain points. And so, like, my public enemy number one, I guess, is Elaine Yacenda. So sick. That makes me so fucking happy. Because also, <laughs> Elaine's gone on record rooting for you before. Like, when the Dodgers were in the World Series and stuff, she'll be like, Aww. well, I know you're probably rooting for the Dodgers because of Alyssa. And so she knows. <laughs> and she's going to root for you nine times out of ten. But if it's head-to-head with me, blood is thicker than water, bitch. And you know she's going to take you down. That's a good, That's a good. you know, soon-to-be mother-in-law type figure. It's true. So. It's so true. Well, you know what's so, so fucking funny, too, is that she texted me the, like she watched the episode before me when Ben came back and she texted me and was like, did you watch? Did you watch? And I was like, it's the f- first part of the two part <laughs> finale. Like nothing that dramatic could have happened. But it was because she knew I was back in the running with Ben coming back. So she was like so into it because of the bracket. That's so um, funny. I, I think it's really hilarious. Great. I think it's hilarious on my phone to be getting like sad faces <laughs> from like me saying like, oh, my God, I'm so excited I won. And then uh, I just wanted to say Merry Christmas to Elaine. Merry Christmas, Elaine, and thank you for the support. I love it. That's so funny. What did we? I want to talk about the because, like, I'm kind of over the proposal. It's fine. I'm happy. She's happy. Good for you, Tasha and Zach. I thought these were some two very fascinating breakups with both Ivan and Brendan. And first, let's start with the first one, which is Brendan. I very much appreciated his honesty. He looked like he was about to shit his pants. He looked terrified like that felt very real to me of him just being like I don't I don't want to do this scene I don't want to do this this breakup he looked so so scared but to just like pull himself out at that time I think was very very kind of him yeah and then I loved Tasha's response of going you know what a younger me would have been really mad at you but I at this point just have to like I'm hurt but I appreciate your honesty and it felt also so real so as much as I was sad I loved that. I thought it was a very unique breakup. Am I wrong? Has that happened before? No, I I don't know if it's happened before. I agree with you. I think it was like a mature thing for him to do. Um, it was it seemed crazy. And I think like pulling <laughs> back the bigger picture for me too, and we can talk more about Brendan, but 
it, it really seems like Ivan and Brendan were sabotaged because Ivan mm. had to spend the night in a fucking trailer, which is like <laughs> horrible compared to a giant suite of a hotel room. And then Brendan's date was something like very, I mean, think about Brendan's mindset. He knows mm-hmm. that he is the last person to possibly sleep with her after these two other guys. And then they send him on a date to pick out an engagement ring for her but he might not actually be the person she ends up with. Like I would be, that's like such a mind fuck. I don't know if I can handle that either. And I don't think that necessarily was the decision making point for him, but I definitely feel like the producers sort of like put their hand on the scale by doing that. Absolutely. I even think that they went as far as to direct Neil Lane to be scary. Yeah. He was terrifying. He was like screaming. He was like, these are handmade diamonds, not made in a machine. I'm telling you, handmade. And I was like, if they're, he's already sweating and so nervous from being in La Quinta and picking out these fucking engagement rings. And then Neil Lane is screaming at him. Like, the whole vibe was definitely, you're right, to be absolutely sabotaging. And maybe that's also why he was so scared at the dinner date later, is he was like, what's going to happen now? What are they going to pull out? And, like, everybody's going to freak out at me. He just couldn't. He couldn't take the heat. What do you so think you happened to him? The like, he just thought he would never, like, make it this far and he didn't want to propose again? Yeah, I think that the proposal thing, he's been honest the whole time about, like, being so apprehensive about that. And I think, you know, he was just like, I've I've been waiting for, I think maybe he was waiting for that feeling to click. And that once he hit a wall and it didn't happen, he freaked mm-hmm. out. And was like, if, I, if I'm not, if I don't want to propose to her now, it's probably not going to change in the next four yeah. days. Yeah. Whereas in Bachelor time, you know, maybe two weeks prior, he had been like, well, I have weeks to give and we have this great momentum. But... I also think he was very concerned about being likable. I think like one and yeah, now it was like, fuck, I'm going to be the guy who dumps Tasha, the like most well-liked fucking bachelorette. I think that was part of his panic. But I was shocked by Tasha saying every day it was Brendan. Yeah, I was going to ask if you day. thought that was real. No, no. <laughs> and how pissed is Zach going to be? Zach is like, I feel like it would hurt Zach's feelings. I mean, this always happens. They end up, you know, I wonder every time someone gets picked with if the winner goes back and like watches the fucking fantasy suite dates when all of the sound bites are like, Ivan is the perfect man. He has everything. Yeah. Uh, no, I thought that that was pretty fake. The other crazy thing is last season was, to my knowledge, the first time that they let all the top three people stay in the same suite where they knew the order and had to talk about it. And so Mm -hmm. I guess we're just sticking with that again. And it's like so deeply uncomfortable. Would you be the kind of person who would be like, "Okay, did you guys sleep together? (laughs) I think I would. I don't know. I would I would be such a hypocrite because I would want to be incredibly private about my time. Like I would come back into the suite and be like, hey, girls. Hi. It was nice. (laughs) It was nice. And like be so fucking like cryptic but then the second another girl came back I would be like Lauren did you fuck him yeah did you get much sleep tell me everything I would be so hypocritical about the whole thing but yeah it's a sick sick move it is so mean on the producers parts and you could tell I wonder if someone was pushing for it for years if there's been a few seasons where they're like no no I swear to you man keep them in the same hotel for fantasy suites just do it do it do it and then they that guy finally won last season and he was like do I get a bonus? Yeah. This is genius because it's changed the show forever. Uh, it's also so cute when Zach was like, listen, man, I would love Ivan to date my sister. I don't want Ivan to date my girlfriend. <laughs> like, yeah. It's tough when they like each other. I feel like especially the boys at this rate, like at this stage in the game, start to really become friends. Yeah, And then it's for such sure. a weird position to put them in. I would love like Speaking a poll, of- like not calling people out specifically. I would love like a poll of like what percentage of bachelors and bachelor- bachelorettes admit to sleeping with more than one of their final three, you know? Because mm-hmm. I feel like it I- might be less than we think. I think you're right, especially since they're – they, they put so much emphasis on the talking thing and being like, this is the first time we can talk without cameras. So they, a bunch of them say that they yeah. just stay up all night talking. And Zach was gross and kind of tried to imply that there was some heavy petting. It, like, <laughs> I, it was so gross. He was like, and there was some moments of deep intimacy. And I was like, God, stop with your weird mouth. Uh, what did you think about Ivan's breakup? Because that really caught me off guard and kind of confused me I just here's the immediate question I asked right so it seems like they had some differences on um their view of religion Mm -hmm. do we think that Zach is like especially godly (laughs) 
Yeah, yeah. I do know that people in it's not uncommon for people in recovery to be that's true. Sort of a very general, like general version of uh, Christian, because like I, I, I just like think that there's a, a big part of that Venn diagram. That's a big part of that community of like Christians and people in recovery. Yeah, but that makes sense. I yeah, I don't. It does seem that Zach is a little bit more like I didn't even want to have kids until super recently, and now I want to be like a good dad. And he would kind of let Tasha take the lead in that department. Um, and apparently, Ivan like had a more specific image for his like future and his future family and the way that it worked. But it was kind of an anticlimactic breakup for what I thought was going to be my biggest heartbreak of the season. Yeah, it was a little like. Um, What's the word I'm looking for? Where it was just like kind of formal. And she was just like, can we talk outside where our religions don't click? So I'm going to walk you to the car. And he was like, I hear you. Okay. I was like, wow. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. So I that was a bummer. I guess they just, I, it seemed like he kind of knew that that might be an issue at the end of the day. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I wish there would have been more like, I know I want to r- raise my kids this way. And you're not sure if you believe in that or whatever it is. Cause like, that's like an interesting topic to talk about before you marry somebody. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, it just seemed kind of random. Like the way this was all pieced together, the Brendan ending, the Ben coming back and um, Ivan, it just seemed very bizarre. It, it had, you know, it, 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 it reminded me of like Rachel sending Peter home and, and Luke. And remember that whole season where it was like, mm-hmm. what's really going on here? Like, can you just say exactly what it is? Like, stop saying just vague, random things. We deserve to know because we've invested in these people this whole time. Yeah. It just seems like things were happening off camera that we don't really we didn't really hear. And I would have loved to hear them because I don't think they're that problematic. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Let's write a strongly worded letter. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I do feel like that feeling is uh, – I had that a similar feeling where I felt a little a little tossed around watching these last two yeah. episodes. And then they very quickly – and I've never seen two seasons this close uh, together – showed, like, an extensive preview to The Bachelor, which is premiering in, like, a oh my week. God. And so I was excited. like, that's so – they're so – they're such fucking drug dealers. They're so good <laughs> at this. Like, just as I was like, this show's – kind of stupid yeah immediately they showed the preview for the bachelor and i was like let's go (laughs) that's how i always feel at the end of every season where i'm like do i even want to watch and then you see a compilation of like 20 women sobbing and you're like i'm here (laughs) (laughs) i'm here for the showering mike was pointing out like this is the most random season for the bachelor because they're like hey remember tyler c who's like super hot and could be the bachelor well he has a friend that's also really hot and we're gonna make him the bachelor yeah how do you feel about that about he's our first bachelor who like hasn't been on the show before i don't know i mean i think it's fine i think like there's nobody that i'm like oh i really wish this other person who's earned it because they're in the franchise was there and so he's hot and he seems fun and i like watching him in the shower and i'm excited to rip on these whores like that's how i feel I do know that people have made a case like I was talking to uh, Georgie who's been on the pod for Too Hot to Handle and she was like I'm pissed that this guy I don't know who this guy is I don't like that it's just like a cry from like the normal structure of the show and I'm mad and I think she was like I just like wish it was Wills or Mike Johnson and but I think both of those guys have been on BIP and kind of underperformed yeah. in terms of their drama. And so, like, they did they, – they auditioned. And I think that there was something promising about this guy, Matt. And I think he's going to kill it. And I also am so happy that Tyler C is going to be back, I'm sure. So I'm okay with it. Do we know where they filmed? I don't know. It looks like it looks like it's somewhere cold and it's, like, in a yeah. massive like, – It looks sort like of, Canada, the, maybe? Yeah. Like, it looks like they're in some beautiful – because they're similarly in a hotel, it seems, but it looked like fucking BAMP for something That would make like a that. lot of sense, actually, because – actually, I don't know, because Canada has, like, kicked our sports teams in our leagues out of playing from in there because we're not good at COVID. So oh, interesting. Yeah. Interesting questions. I wonder if they – it could go both ways. They either got a permit because there was less COVID up there or – there I don't know I'm not sure but it's somewhere cold and it kind of looks like the shining to me <laughs> so I'm it excited. does it does it totally does uh well we're here for it I can't Are you, wait for that to start like do you think Tasha's, you know reputation is damaged at all by her bringing Ben back and then immediately eliminating him that's a good question I didn't feel that way and I had a lot riding on it 
<laughs> so I, if anybody should be pissed at Tasha, it should be myself. Uh, <laughs> but I, but I wasn't. I felt like it was fine of her to keep him. I feel like there was probably some producer influence there because there was nothing else to shoot. There was no other men. <laughs> uh, but it, but I guess it might. I think people might be pissed, especially because people seem to really like Ben and they know how fragile he is. And then mm-hmm. he's talked a lot about like his mental health and stuff on the show. So I wonder if people are upset with her for, for that reason. Um, but yeah, maybe. Do you think it is? Do you think her reputation? I don't know. Is I think hurt? it was a little bit messy. I heard some people on other podcasts like I guess they don't like Tasha as much. I didn't agree until this week where I was like, yeah, I mean, you could have just like kept as is and then made your decisions. But who knows? Maybe she really felt like she needed to revisit that thing with Ben. Um, mm-hmm. I also read in Us Weekly that Zach and Tasha are bi-coastal. So she's keeping her apartment in Orange County and they're doing Christmas in New York and it seems like they're going to be long distance. And I'm like, oh, okay. So you guys are like not going to be together. <laughs> like yeah, absolutely. Break up. Yeah. Yeah. Bi-coastal means we're, we have to, we're contractually obligated to pretend that we're dating to go on Good Morning America and all these other shows for the next like couple of months and yeah. then they will break up. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh, that's... Again, that's these are the moments where I'm like, I'm never gonna watch this show. I know. Ever again. <laughs> Me too. Me too, my friend. And I guess be right because <laughs> I'm the loser, I will recreate the Tasha pick <gasps> next wow. time. I can. I can't right now. Well, how how fortunate that I moved out of that house with a pool. <laughs> I know, right? Oh my god. I was staying in a house with a pool earlier in <sighs> quarantine, which was great. But now I've moved. I do not have a pool, so I have to. I use that as an excuse. I'm a woman of my word I will do the dumb fucking Tasha stupid thing I'm so excited a dumb red swimsuit from a cheap website and I will do it but it's it's, gonna be it's December you guys give me a break it's gonna be like the hottest pick ever and I'm like so excited for you to get so much positive reinforcement from our wonderful fans so you can get over this like you know phobia that you have (laughs) (laughs) oh look at Alyssa trying to be nice a nice winner (laughs) um well you know what a season it was lots of twists and turns i feel like overall pretty enjoyable yeah i hey it was thank goodness for chris harrison and all that he does especially in quarantine this was imagine quarantine without these shows yeah it'd be horrible because like there are shows like like fucking survivor is fucked and that would have been a great show to have in quarantine and what if they were just like we can't do the bachelorette that they figured it out so thank you yeah Um, thank you so much (laughs) Um, okay, what else so do we much. have? Let's move on to Housewives. What do we think? Woo, Housewives. Okay, Potomac is so fun. I am having such a fun time during this fucking reunion, more so than most reunions, because they still clearly have so much shit to unhash because Monique and Candace haven't seen each other. Like, I've, I don't know if that's happened before, where they just, like, didn't film together for the rest of the season, and now this reunion is the first time they're together. What I will say is I had a blast watching it with Tony last night, who normally doesn't watch Potomac and normally wouldn't even watch a reunion, but was we were rewinding and replaying the fight. And I, because I was like, I just want your unbiased opinion about like who of these two women do you think started the fight? And he was like, oh, by far and away, Monique. Like this girl, like she so clearly started it and finished it and was coming. Like this, we like were watching it slow mo and walking up to the TV. And like he had, he found the hand with the wine glass and was like, that's not even Candace. He was so into it, which I appreciated. Uh, and and then the best part is having not no opinion about either woman. The second that Andy turned to Candace and said, "Are you ready to talk about this?" and she started crying. <laughs> Even Tony was so fucking fed up. He was like, "Okay, this bitch." Like, <laughs> so as we've talked about before on the pod, it's so brutal to be like dissecting this fight as if it could be in any way Candace's fault. When because, but that's just because she's so annoying. It's so sad and weird and such a. What a gift that this show has given us that it's these two particular people. Because in any other world, it should be so clear that Candace is the victim. But nobody even wants to hear her talk about it because she's so annoying. Here's what I have to say. Like, you have to be pretty annoying and awful to get your ass beat on television and for people to still not like you. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's, 
I don't – look, I, I understand, like, I think the internet trolling sucks. Like, we obviously don't do that kind of stuff, and I don't think any of our fans should be doing that. Like, nobody should be DMing her and saying, like, you deserve this, whatever. But I'm just saying from – you know, an empathetic perspective, like, you know, getting beat up, normally people would be like, I feel bad for you. And that's not been the reaction, even a little from most people. Exactly. Like for Tony to have no, like no understanding of who she is. And then to just see like six seconds of her, like crying (laughs) into her little folded napkin and be like, all right, that's like not in his character either. Like he doesn't want to see a woman get beat up on TV, but it's so, she's just so over the top. She could write a handbook about how to be annoying to pretty much everyone. Um, I loved the T'Challa shout out in the reunion. I think we need more T'Challa, honestly. Uh, I think he's the best bird on TV. And I was very curious about, we've talked, we talked in depth about the day that T'Challa went missing. Mm -hmm. Um, and Monique was on Instagram and like crying about trying to find the bird. And then the bird flew back, which we both agreed is good, but the less funny of the options Mm -hmm. of what could have happened in the story. But, uh, Candace was claiming that it was fake. What do we think about that? I don't know. You Every time someone's saying, like, oh, that's fake, I don't know if people are really that good of actors. Like, I watched all those Instagram videos, and she was distraught. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I'm, it seems more like you were doing dumb things with a bird outside, and you're like, oh, it flew away. Wow, I'm so shocked. It's like, yeah, it's a bird. <laughs> um, but I don't know. What do you think? I, I do think it would be really hard to fake, and I don't understand uh, the the reasoning behind doing it. I guess, like, just trying to get, like, play the sympathy card so that people would be back on her side or it would be a distraction from this physical fight. But that would have been – I think that's a dumb theory. Uh, but what I will say is that the whole thing made me realize there were so many jokes about Andy Cohen uh, moderating the presidential debates, mm-hmm. and I absolutely think he should have done it. It's so spectacular how good he is at his job He's and so that good. he can all at once have the trust of every single woman while still pitting them against each other. Yeah. Like, he will ask very shady questions to both parties, and they both just completely answer without any sort of frustration towards him. And he has so much credibility in my book that when he said there was a great vulture article with a bird expert who said that it's highly uncommon for (laughs) an African gray to leave and then return to its home, I was like, okay, if Andy thinks it's fake, it's fake. I'm like, if if it's what Andy Cohen believes that I just, I I trust anything that he says. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, sometimes I feel like he's just voicing what he, what we've seen online. You know what I mean? Like he's not weighing in. I will say, so then when he does weigh in, like when he was asking Karen questions and and she was like giving her same, you know, rehearsed answer. And he was like, I got to call bullshit on this because you've been giving me a river of words with like your tax issues and like your house and all this shit. And I was like, wow, this is so rare he like very rarely calls people out like this in a direct way from like his perspective you know yeah yeah I think he yeah I just think he plays his cards right because he does just enough of that I think to still keep everybody's trust on the show and like and the way that he was tossing back and forth between Candace and Monique I think was really really smooth and very smart and he has great tact in being like well, she did say this, and you are we, or we do need to give her a chance to speak. And like the way he goes back and forth, I was like, oh, I love you, Andy, man. Although I will say, it is so the the do, Bravo does not condone violence bit is hilarious, oh and the God. video that you made for the Instagram is so funny. Thank you. Like, Yes, you do, Andy. Yes, you do. I'm like, I know you legally have to say that, but like, don't just don't even say it, you know, like, just don't. We didn't think that you guys were saying like, yes, beat the shit out of each other on our shows. But it's like, don't say we don't condone violence because you make all your money off of people being violent towards each other. Yeah. And I just like his defense of being like, but we do have to replay the scene just in order to talk about it. (laughs) Like, we do have, we are going to play the fight again and again and again. It's so funny. pretty good. Uh, What did you think about Atlanta? Um... I feel like they are, and I don't want to spend this whole podcast talking about COVID, and I feel bad every time I bring it up, but, like, those little plastic masks are not protecting anybody from anything indoors, right? 
I yeah, I don't think so. They're not like I know providing that... a seal over your like mouth. The, anything you're no. still breathing, you know, the air that's going. I don't know. I'm not an epidemiologist, but the whole time I was like, oh my god, please go outside. Yeah, I think that I mean the context that I've seen those masks or like the shields used effectively has been working on Dave and going back and like, it, but they, they you always have a mask under that shield. Yeah, and then I could I've seen it like on Potomac where once the women have their makeup on and then they wear just the shield while they're walking to the seats, but it's because everybody around you is also wearing the proper PPE. Yeah, so it is it is weird and they are a little inconsistent with it. What I'll say about like. I, I remember weeks ago I pointed out that uh, a, another big reason to not watch the OC on a long list of reasons to not watch Real Housewives of Orange County is that I like really was uninterested in watching any of those women deal with quarantine life. Like the idea of watching um, what's her fucking face? The evil one. Oh, Kelly Dodd. Kelly Dodd. The idea of watching Kelly Dodd like not be able to find toilet paper was just like really, really was sounds like hell to me. But I feel a little bit the opposite on Atlanta. Not that they are necessarily, as we're discussing now, the best uh, role models in terms of their like conduct that has to do with coronavirus, but the candid conversations that they're having about their lives and their bodies and their relationships in quarantine, I do think is a real relief and very relatable to me. And in this week's episode, they had a very, all, all of the women were just really honest about how much weight they've gained and going through different ups and downs of being really into like cooking and staying home and pretending it's a slumber party and then these like bouts of like frustration and depression and feeling alone or getting annoyed with their families and the changes that their relationships are having all of that I did find to be great as uh as an audience member and then they lose me every time they like fuck up their masks or they try to plan a wedding (laughs) oh absolutely I mean I love hearing about the weight gain situation because I feel like you know we all see people on Instagram or whatever who are like I'm getting so fit in quarantine and I'm just like am I and like fucking loser like am I the only person who like (laughs) cannot bring themselves to get off the couch and so it's really nice to see these women who probably honestly like if they wanted to could have a treadmill in their house or get a personal trainer it's like it's not even about that it's about like your mindset and we're all struggling and so I want everyone to continue struggling until I'm no longer struggling (laughs) as well (laughs) please is my wish for 2021 That's so funny. And that's, a, yeah, it's such a good point in that they're like, listen, I could be doing, I could be on a fucking Peloton, but I'm uh, going to be eating a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I love thanks. it. I, I love agree. that energy. Me too. <laughs> Let's do that. I think that's great. You know, obviously like no body shaming or anything like that. I'm just saying like, you know, p- before this, like I was very active as far as like strength and like, you know, uh, healthy like endorphins for your mental health and all of that kind of stuff. And that has fucking gone out the window. Any motivation to take care of that? <laughs> So um, I also loved Portia saying like one of the producers was like, aren't all WAPs good? And she was like, no, because if you have a WAP and it's big, then it's nothing. And I was like, wow. Wow. Yeah, she goes, you don't want to get lost in the WAP. And she answered it too. Like it was like such a <laughs> legitimate question. I love there was no like irony or comedy behind her answer. <laughs> she was just like, well, no, because you don't want a WAP that's too big. You don't want to get lost in the WAP. <laughs> so good I love that she can go you know from being so serious and talking about her experiences getting arrested to like no let me tell you my theories on WAPs yeah (laughs) it's so good um do we want to do 90 day oh I always want to do 90 day I I wanted to ask you how you felt about uh Julia's selfie stick Um, I don't know. I, I have no opinion. I've never had a selfie stick. I think if she's, you know, she's in a new country, she wants to take pictures, then great. Like I said, she is on the come up. Like this girl is here to make it. So yeah. she is determined to be an Instagram influencer. And it actually made me like Brandon more because he seemed very supportive of it. He's like, that's just what she does. She takes a lot of pictures. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I was like, I this was the first time that I was anti Brendan's parents because of their attitude about the selfie stick. I was like, you're taking her sightseeing so don't simultaneously shade her for taking pictures in front of all these crazy monuments her saying that she didn't like politics was cracking me up like she does not give a fuck about anything but herself and it's uh it's just the way that she is and he's into it i love it (laughs) we also met uh amira 
who is coming from France, which is the first time I've seen someone on 90 Day be from France, which I just have always imagined is better than the United States. Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> I don't know. I imagine it that way, too. I love France. I took so many semesters of French in high school and college. I really thought I was going to live there someday. And wow. I still cannot speak any fucking French. It's so hard. <laughs> I'm so bad at foreign language. I literally took three years of French in high school and then was required to take two more semesters in college for film school, which like fucking wow, wow a lot of good that did me because I can't even fucking let me tell you. Let me let me give you guys a little peek behind the curtain. I wanted to be staffed on Emily in Paris. And they said and I was like, I can speak some French. And they were like, we need people with like real world Paris experience. And so, oh, my God, that is what fucking five years of American French gets you. Okay. Um, Emily in Paris didn't hire either of us, and I still hate watched the entire thing. If you guys are out there watching Emily in Paris, just know it could have had me and Alyssa involved, but it fucking didn't. I love this. We we really try not to like edge into professional territory on this podcast for fear of like ending our careers, but fuck Emily in Paris. <laughs> Still, anyway. Darren Starr, if you ever need me, I'm here. But also, fuck Emily in Look, Paris. Look, I love Sex in the City, and I love Younger, and I desperately want to work on Emily in Paris, and I would work on season two if you called me, but also, fuck that, that show. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. So that, wait, does this mean that you, if you, can you please do my favorite line of this entire 90-day episode in a French accent, which oh, is Amira no. saying, I like makeup and reading makeup news? <laughs> I'll try. I'll try. But I also feel a lot of pressure because I know you're very good at it. And I, I, I feel can't like I have do to, a like, French one. I feel like I have to hear it, you know, to really get it. What is it? Uh, I like makeup and reading makeup news. I like makeup and reading makeup news. Oh, my God, Alyssa! <laughs> that was amazing. Oh, my God. It's so nothing. It's so sad. That was so good. No, that was amazing. I Thank do have you to so say, much. And, that's, and that would be... <laughs> And that's why I got a C minus in the first semester of French because I felt like that was speaking the language. No, um, I have to say, if you're going to come on the show and you're going to say, I love makeup and I read about makeup all day, don't FaceTime someone with lipstick on your teeth. Like, wipe your I teeth off. I knew you were going to say that. And it's an excellent point. You can't be like, makeup is my identity and then just like be toe up on, on camera. I'm not into it. That's this <laughs> couple is so peculiar to me though because she he seems like kind of a cool hang while simultaneously being like the weirdest guy I've ever seen in my life he runs a kindergarten with his mom and seems to be really good and cute at it and I do love this like kind of unexpected turn on gender roles I'm all about it uh, I think it's sweet. He was like, I do think it's important to have a positive male influence in your younger life. So I don't mind being a kindergarten teacher and yada yada. Or not even kindergarten. Daycare. Daycare teacher? Daycare guy? What's a daycare? <laughs> I think daycare guy. <laughs> daycare guy. But he also seems so – he's got a weird facial hair and ponytail situation. He seems to be like a guy who wears capes. Uh, there's a lot, I have a lot of questions. I'm interested to see this couple together if they ever do get together. I'm scared of uh, him and his whole family. And, <laughs> and I wish for Christmas that this French woman would get some fake eyelashes for America because you cannot do a heavy under eye eyeliner and then not even curl your top eyelashes like mm -hmm. let's you know I know there's a difference in cultures so like let's you know start to we've got notes Amira we've got notes expand for you. what we look at at Sephora that's what I think <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of new couples we have a new one coming on next week but you watched a sneak peek, so you've seen more than me. And oh, there's yeah. a – tell us about this new couple, please. Uh, it seems – so I sometimes watch the show, and I'm like, oh, it's, like, very sad, and it's very real. And this woman came on, and I'm like, I'm back in. Like, it's <laughs> so – there's so – like, they showed her hula hooping, and they showed her weird, like, blue light on her face thing. But there's something else that I don't want to take away from you that I was like, this is amazing. <gasps> um, yeah, I accidentally – my DVR always records, like, the first look and then it records the other one and then it records the like we're gonna rewatch it and talk about it one so I sometimes click on the wrong one and then I get 45 minutes in and I'm like there's not that much oh I watched the wrong one again so uh -huh. that's what yeah. happened to me this week and next week seems like very it seems really funny we're gonna get some funny moments with Yara who's like very upset about where she's living 
Um, oh, yeah, she's pissed. <laughs> and this new woman seems like she really is going to bring a lot to the table. So I'm excited. Oh, I can't wait. I, all I know from the preview is that she's dating a much, much, much younger guy. And that's always comedy gold to me. I'm very, very pumped about that. Uh, do we have any other thoughts on 90 Day? Or that's, is I that think it? that's pretty much it. Exciting. Well, then, wow. This is our last little our last little episode. And we have a really fun, uh, fittingly festive uh, interview with the hosts of Clout Check, Danny and Kelsey. And we cover a really weird holiday show. So I hope you guys enjoy and have an amazing holiday week uh, and end of the year. And we're going to miss you. And we're going to come back in 2021 uh, so fresh. Right, so Alyssa. fresh with so much hope and we're we're gonna go to model world in 2021 <laughs> i'm calling it tyra banks's model world it's gonna happen um so guys don't get covid stay alive through the holidays so you can hear about that next year yeah hell yeah We have a wicked exciting and fittingly festive episode this week with super special guests. We have the co-hosts of the really, really fabulous and funny podcast, Clout Check, Danny Rodriguez and Kelsey Johnson. And before we get into holiday home makeover with Mr. Christmas, which I love saying, uh, can you guys tell us about Clout Check? Yeah, um, of course. So this is Danny speaking here, and Kelsey, feel free to obviously chime in wherever you need to. Of course. You know I will. (laughs) So Kelsey and I are both photographers and bloggers. We built our career around the travel industry, and we got into quarantine, which means that we weren't traveling anymore, which meant that we were just homebodies. And so (laughs) one day we were just having a FaceTime conversation and we have really in our heart of hearts have tried to figure out where the heck the idea of a podcast came in. But what we've kind of deduced is that we kind of just said a couple of funny things and we decided immediately Oh my gosh, we're so funny. Other people would totally <laughs> so cringe. Love so us. cringe. I hate us already. <laughs> we're like, we have so much talent. We need to share it with the world. Like, seriously, even if you listen to our first episode, I do cringe sometimes because I'm oh, like, wow, we really thought we were something there. Um, <laughs> So Kelsey was like, oh, this is such a great idea. I remember she goes, we could call it clout check and we'll just like get these mics. And then we didn't realize that you need to buy all this equipment and you need to have a recording system. And there's like (laughs) ways to upload it to the Internet. Like you don't just put out a file and people find it. Uh, So big learning curve. And then, oh, my gosh, you should see some of our first renditions of our cover photo, like the botch photoshop we did trying to mash our faces together and stuff it was bad um but yeah the podcast was basically just created on this idea that influencers suck and don't really contribute much to society and we can say that because we are influencers so we do a lot of like making fun of ourselves and just kind of talking about the industry as a whole but then also giving people tips on basically how to do what we do but we just love to have fun on the podcast so that's it. That's clout check. That's amazing. That's amazing. Oh, oh, we both said God. that's amazing at the same <laughs> time. Wow. We don't plan these things, you guys. We're, We're just... all such cute duos. Oh, <laughs> I love us. Um, I was gonna say I listened to your podcast and I feel like it's so it's such a like helpful hands-on tool for trying to build a following you know and I I've never heard anybody really like peel back the curtain on like tricks that actually work rather than just like hey just be consistent and you know be yourself which seems (laughs) like what everyone's already doing you know and I've learned so I fully like took the weekend to learn how to make an audiogram to try to like make our grid look better (laughs) and so we've learned so much from you guys already (laughs) and I downloaded that goddamn tool that tells you who unfollows you on Instagram and I fucking hate it (laughs) but it's like helpful I guess so anyway I like to ruin my life every day to like look at what I did wrong with each post. Oh, no. um, but it's great. It's a it's a really good tool, and everyone should listen to it. You know, whether you're you're a clout chaser or not, I guess. 
I have to admit that I'm really, really into the reading of creepy DMs. And I'm like, I today started looking through ones that I want to submit to you guys. Yes, we're so excited. (laughs) (laughs) It's our favorite part, too. It'll be perfect. You guys come to our show, too. Okay, let's get into this freaking <laughs> holiday home makeover with Mr. Christmas. I My first question, can you guys briefly describe it for listeners who haven't seen it? And then I really want to know, like, how you found it? Because you uh, you were like, do you guys want us to do holiday home makeover of Mr. Christmas? And we were like, yeah, what the fuck is that? Yes. <laughs> well, I think me and Danny are probably the people that are the closest to being as obsessed with reality TV as you guys were freaking obsessed with it. <laughs> yes. And you guys have already covered so much. So we went on a deep dive on Netflix. I was traveling. I was like living out of my car in Utah and I'm sitting there scrolling through Netflix. Like what can we do that is going to be interesting for their show? So That's here so we cute. are holiday home makeover with Mr. Christmas. Uh, we, I think we felt like it was a lot to unpack. I don't know about you guys, but yeah. uh, it was a ride. It was a trip. <laughs> It, there, I haven't seen anything. I I was like, okay, cool, a makeover show. I've never seen a makeover show quite like this. Um, had you guys? Did you? Had, did, wait, so you weren't familiar with it at all, which makes so no. much more sense looking back. I was like, wow, they must be obsessed with this show. <laughs> we're like, we totally didn't like love it because we have like a lot of feelings about yeah. it, like Kelsey strong have, feelings. <laughs> we have notes on our phone. Like we were really getting into this. We were like, there is so much to unpack with. Mr. Self-proclaimed, by the way, Mr. Christmas. <laughs> yes. Wait, um, for anybody who hasn't seen it, can you do a quick synopsis of the very like simple structure of this show for so, everyone else? Um, what we've gathered from the show, from the four episodes that exist, is that it's a Netflix kind of like this interior design show, but very Christmas focused. And there's this man who I also believe is an interior designer named Benjamin Bradley, aka Mr. Christmas, and he has his <laughs> he has his team of elves, <laughs> which are hu- which are actually human beings that have taken on the nickname elves. Um, so he has his group of elves, and they go to people's homes who need some holiday cheer in their life, and Mr. Christmas gives them a bunch of decorations, and yeah, and it's like a three day process. I think he has one day where they do like crafts with him and the elves and then he sends them away and then they come back for the big reveal. So that's, uh, that's kind of the show. (laughs) Okay. And what do we think about Benjamin Bradley? What did you write down about Mr. Christmas? Kelsey, do you want to go first? I have so many questions. I have a lot of questions and I have no answers. Um, but I guess I just, my first question was they don't really introduce him. You just, like, accept no. the fact that he is Mr. Christmas. <laughs> yeah. But, like, it, it seems very self-proclaimed. We don't know why he's Mr. Christmas. Just, I don't know what the backstory was. How did they cast this guy? Like, it's just a lot. It's a lot. Like, it was pretty presumptuous. It was like, you guys know him. Benjamin Bradley, Mr. Christmas. And I was like, I don't. And I fucking love Christmas and Netflix. And I don't know what you're talking about. This is very much like, I don't know if you guys are Sex in the City people, but if, like, Stanford Blatch was just, like, purely a holiday decorator. And he, like, comes to your house and tells you, like, why, like, your mom's traditions suck and you have bad taste. And then he, like, shows you that the show really has, like, a very small bu- budget and makes you paint, like, wood and glue, like, fruit on a wreath and you're like okay and why did we sign up for this again (laughs) was the general vibe I was getting from most of the people on this show um do you guys I wanted to ask like does everybody celebrate Christmas I'm Jewish so I celebrate Hanukkah and then also um my mom is now Christian and so we do both in like a very fun backstory that I'll share when we talk about the quote end quote Hanukkah episode which was the finale of the <laughs> show um, I but I, gonna... yeah I wanted to ask like what was your what was your guys's background and like what's your you know relationship to Christmas I guess yeah um my family celebrates Christmas they always made a big thing of it like my parents have their little snow village of ceramic pieces that they love to put on display every year and 
they still to this day when they give my sister and I presents, it still says from Santa. Um, so <laughs> we let cute. them have that. But yeah, nope, celebrate Christmas here. So yeah, same. I just I, every year when I think about Christmas, I think about my mom's house. She, I one time counted the amount of santa memorabilia and like snowman memorabilia and i think i counted like 60 snowmen oh my god oh my. she wow. is very about it she is very extra and i love it and i also still get a little card with my gift that says it's from santa and how good i've been this year so Aww. we're keeping on the traditions you know no matter how old i get <laughs> um so which one of the houses was or you know i guess there was a fire station in there as well which one did you guys love the most and by love i mean like uh, you can either think that it was like so fucking stupid and and funny, uh, and that and you loved it because of that, or you can genuinely be like that was beautiful. Um, you know what really got to me was episode number one. I think we both, oh, I think we just all really got a taste of what we were in for with Mr. Christmas. He started off the episode wearing camouflage, which I don't really think represents Christmas at all. It's kind of interesting <laughs> to me. Um, but what I loved is that part where he's putting up this garland around the fireplace mantle mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. he takes these giant ass pine cones and Mm -hmm. he's like you just wrap them in here and they'll stay and the fireplace has like a fire going and everything (laughs) and the mom is just like that's not gonna hold up and he goes oh you're doubting my abilities and she's like no no it's not gonna hold up and sure as shit the fucking garland comes down with these pine cones crashing and he's like oh no oh my gosh this never happens and he's just like and she's just like I don't know these pine cones are just way too much but he's so persistent on them which also did anybody catch that he's allergic to pine trees yes (laughs) yeah that's so weird so crazy so bizarre and what is he he insists on not calling fake trees fake trees or artificial trees they're called permanent lifelike (laughs) permanent lifelike looking trees or something do you guys think that his house looks like that year round? Yes, I do. <laughs> I'm like scared for his dog. His dog Ebenezer, who is a girl, which Taylor has a big issue with, um, <laughs> which I agree. I think that's a cruel name for a cute little girl dog. She like was her body language was not welcoming to him. She was like facing away from him every single time he would bring her treats and she would just sort of like look over her shoulder and then look back the other way. And I was like, Abby, we're coming to break you out. Don't worry. Maybe she was a fake dog. Maybe she was a plant to try to make him more likable. They were like, listen, Benjamin, don't you think it's strange too that he would, he would show up at people's houses and, and they'd be like, oh, my God, Mr. Christmas, nice to meet you. And he'd go, please, call me Benjamin. But yes. then he would point to his staff of people and be like, and these are my elves. There was also an, a moment in the first episode with, I think, the same mom where they, like, they painted. He's like, I want to do, like, an homage oh. to vintage lawn decorations. Like, no. So we're not getting, like, a blow-up Santa that has beautiful lights. We're not getting anything, like no lasers nothing it's very like okay 1960s and we cut out a piece of plywood and now we're gonna have grandma paint it and first of all I think she painted like one of the reindeer with red eyes like it had rabies or something Mm -hmm. and then he was like and this will be a special memory when you're gone they'll always have this and (laughs) and remember you and I was like are you killing her off mid episode like (laughs) and to think that like this is the thing they're gonna remember her by is your bullshit like too low budget production (laughs) like i i don't know i was just like okay i this show's gonna really have to step it up for me if i'm gonna get into the decorating but i do feel like in the second episode or no maybe it was the third one the italian family that really started to get me i was like okay this is really beautiful and they did a great job with that house did you guys like that one yeah, the decor was pretty, but I could have done without the DIY of putting oranges in I a know. tree. <laughs> <laughs> or what was that? What was the spices? The cloves in the oh ladle? And then God. he just like filled up the ladle, but then the ladle wouldn't stay up, so he just set it back down. <laughs> so he like couldn't finish his own DIY craft. I was like, Kelsey, please explain <laughs> the DIY to everyone. There were please so do. many DIYs to unpack, but. This one specifically was, I think it was those cloves, right? And a uh-huh. tea candle. 
and he had this giant gold ladle and he said a decoration was just putting cloves and a candle in the ladle and I think while they were filming, he realized that he didn't have a place to hang the ladle from. So he just kind of re-poured out and re- like undid his own craft and moved on to another craft. But he like, said it belonged on your wall. And I was like, where the fuck do I put a spoon on my wall? <laughs> was there any of the DIY that you were like, oh, I'm going to do that? Absolutely not. No. <laughs> I feel like most of it was like going to get ants attracted to it right like he was melting he was like blow drying together peppermint squares and then just being like here it's a centerpiece and I was like that's gonna there's gonna be so many bugs on that the whole mice are gonna be coming I don't know and then the fruits I do you guys think those were real or fake they got these fruits and they like rolled them in glitter for everyone who hasn't seen it and I was like but that's gonna rot right like yeah I'm so I confused think, by that. I think they might be fake because I really went on an internet deep stock tangent with <laughs> Mr. Christmas the other day because I have nothing else to do with my time. And he has a holiday gift guide out that's on like E! News's website. And he has fake pears listed as a holiday gift guide item that you're supposed to actually gift what? people. Yeah. What? Fake exactly pears. what I want. <laughs> I would just love that so much. That's like as a gift, a part of his gift guide. Yeah, it's like give someone fake pears. It was like a dog sweater. Did I hurt you? What? (laughs) Wait. Speaking of dogs and the DIY crafts, I will admit that I do think I want to make one of those ornaments. I think he did it with hand prints and also showed Mm. like a a paw print. But I want to do a paw print one for my dog. You guys, is that bad? That's cute. (laughs) Cute. I also think the pine cone, he was so, so into pine cones. Mm -hmm. And in the final episode, which is just (laughs) comedy gold, it's really spectacular when this mother is like, I'm Jewish. And he's like, so you like pine cones. (laughs) This episode, I was like, oh, man, I'm really going to have to like hold back to try to be nice about something about it. It's she. Okay, so they intro the the couple and they're like. The, I'm sorry. The woman's like, yeah, we got married and we have like two religions in our household and we're raising our kids Jewish. And the dad's like, yeah, I just love the spirit of Christmas and the ambiance and it's all about togetherness. And she goes, and I'm Jewish. <laughs> I'm just like, whoa, like be more of a downer about it. Why don't we? And then the uh, you can tell like Mr. Christmas has never interacted with someone who wants to decorate for the Jewish holidays. Fair, fine. And so he's, like, trying to find common ground with this woman. And she's like, I do have this one pine cone ornament that I love. And he's like, great. We're going to do the whole house nature-themed. So they put up, like, reindeer statues but call them just, like, deer. And everything ends up looking like Christmas. But he's just like, look, it's a, it's bushes and trees. And I'm like, it's still... <laughs> It's still completely Christmas. Every single thing about this house is Christmas. There's not just because you put like an old tablecloth that had some blue in it on the table does not mean that we're we're decorating Hanukkah style. I don't know. Like, what did you guys think of that whole situation? That, there is a lot to unpack there. And did anyone notice that the children were eating the ball of the balls of popcorn for the birds? I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> They did make a lot of ball jokes throughout every episode yes. of this show. Yeah. I'm like, do we want this to be a sexual innuendo? Do we not? Like, we're talking about Christmas balls? Like, I was just, I don't know. It was a lot. It was <laughs> wild. It was so crazy. And, like, I grew up in a household where my mom, like, okay, so a little backstory on Hanukkah. A lot of people feel like it's not the biggest holiday of the year. And supposedly, I've never been to Israel, but in Israel, they don't. It's not as, like, festive because Christmas is not as big of a holiday in that country. So a lot of Jewish people don't feel like they should, uh, like, decorate the same way you would for Christmas, which is, like, fine. Celebrate however you want to celebrate. My mother, she converted to Judaism for my dad, and she loves Christmas. And he was like, well, we can't do that in our house. But if you want to decorate for Hanukkah, you can. But there were very strict Hanukkah decoration rules. Like, there could be no Santa. There could be no reindeer. There could be things like 
a snowman or something that says peace. But I was like, this is still clearly like for Christmas. Like it's not for Hanukkah. But she pulled it off. You know, it looks like a Hanukkah. It's, it's, it was an attempt to celebrate a Jewish holiday. And this to me was like not even close to an attempt to be like a festive Hanukkah. I think what this is reminding me of is that not to accuse your dad of being grumpy, oh, but I man. thought that the show was missing <laughs> grumpy dads. Like I, <laughs> I wanted when they do the reveals and like the people, the like families walk through the house, all of them are like, Oh my God. And they're like, so, so excited. And I was like, show me one grumpy dad. That's like, how the hell are we going to take all of this down? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I will uh. say, though, that when my parents got divorced, my mom unconverted from Judaism and then bought the biggest goddamn Christmas tree I've <laughs> ever seen in my life and put it right in the front of window of our house. And she opened the shades like the first time my dad like came to pick me up and was like, Merry Christmas. And I was like, oh, wow, <laughs> she's really living her best life now. So, look, I have I have affection for both holidays and I think everyone should celebrate how they want to celebrate. And nobody should censor anyone's celebration because it just ends up with a backlash and a divorce. That's the moral of the story. I love a, a Christmas tree with some like passive aggressive sass behind it. That's like my favorite Christmas tree story I've ever heard, which in fact reminds me of fucking Mr. Christmas being told by the mom in the last episode that she didn't want Christmas mm-hmm. trees. And then he put one outside. Yeah. He's such a little asshole. He's like, well, uh, there's so much space in the yard. So guess what we're going to do? A fucking Christmas tree. It's like, what did she literally, that's her one thing that she said. Oh, crazy. So those are the two passive aggressive sassy Christmas tree stories I've heard then, I suppose. If you guys got if you guys were like the showrunner of the second season of Holiday Home Makeover with Mr. Christmas, like what kind of improvements would you bring to the series? Okay, I felt like <laughs> Mr. Christmas here, I kind of felt like he wanted to be like queer eye. But, but, like, have the part of all four of the guys on Queer Eye. Right. And, like, he mm. was, like, really helpful to everyone and stuff. And I think I would just, like, bring in more cast members that, like, would actually have heart-to-hearts with these people mm-hmm. or that were, like, more helpful because I feel like he was just trying to be everything at once and, like, didn't quite get there. With no, I totally agree. I think that's really fair. Yeah. What about you, Danny? I think that there should have been a little bit more vetting. Kind of the only real heartfelt story was I actually think episode two with the fire with the fire station um like the uh, the first episode it was kind of like it was trying to get there with starting new traditions for your family which kind of now that I think about it was almost the theme in every single household which okay but (laughs) I don't know it just wasn't executed that well because even like going back to the reindeer he was like you know, you're going to paint these reindeer. And even if you can't be here for Christmas, they'll have these reindeer. But then, like, when you saw the house reveal, the reindeer weren't even there. He he repainted his yeah. own reindeer. <laughs> and I'm just like, Mr. Christmas, you can't do people dirty like this. Like, I just feel like there needs to be a little bit more of a connection that you have with these families feeling like Mr. Christmas is really going in there and he's making them feel really, really good because maybe they haven't even been able to really have a Christmas. And maybe it's a little bit more focused on even bringing some of that element of Christmas cheer to the children's lives and making them feel happy because, you know, maybe the families have been having a rough time or something. I think that's what I would like to see more of is, yeah, just just deeper connections with the families because they were just kind of like okay yeah decorate bye no you're totally right like it's super weird that the vibe ended up being like i think these people hate what they did to their house when it could have been this family hasn't been able to afford to do the type of christmas that they want to do and so they'll be grateful for all the decorations they brought and like grateful for the little like elf on the shelf tricks that you can do or like i don't know if anybody ever did the um powdered sugar with like Santa's boots in it or whatever like I would love to watch that kind of stuff and see you know the parents really bring Christmas to life and be crying about it but instead I was just like what the fuck are these people doing (laughs) I also did you guys find that you know speaking of the families not necessarily needing Mr. Christmas which is funny because like does anyone need this particular Mr. Christmas (laughs) is that the family in the first episode had such a 
stunning aesthetic. Like mm-hmm. their opening yeah. scene where they're just like sitting around a kitchen island. They're all wearing like like matching clothes from like the same sort of color palette but it's like not too matchy matchy and they're super put together and i thought they were such a good looking put together family i was like you can decorate my house i don't (laughs) see you guys seem like you have a better eye than mr christmas so in that way too i just really don't think that they needed him i really don't it is Uh, interesting that like all of these houses look like almost like million dollar houses depending on where they are Mm -hmm. but then this man like just comes in and invades their home and tells them to like hawk glue gun peppermints to a styrofoam (laughs) cone (laughs) like i don't know if we're on the same budget here what do you guys think was his like origin because they obviously didn't tell us because we're just supposed to know who he is i guess (laughs) what do you think is his like origin story of how this became like his niche because he is i believe just like an interior designer who then sort of self-proclaimed himself as mr christmas so but he seems well what do you think it was do you think he just had a miraculous christmas or he's like sort of a grinch who's reclaiming it what do we think the vibe is no he says i have a healthy obsession with christmas healthy okay (laughs) and then he says that he has ocd obsessive christmas disorder no I hate that. (laughs) (laughs) He says these things. This is his origin story. He just like woke up and Christmas began. He was like, oh my God, this is my life. That's it. I am Mr. Christmas. And that's just how he grew up. He's probably thought of himself as Mr. Christmas for a very, very long time. And we're just now discovering him. (laughs) Just long enough for him to be like, I know no matter what the gender, my dog is going to be named Ebenezer. (laughs) 2,000%. (laughs) Uh, can you guys tell everybody where to find and listen to uh, Clout Check and f- and to find you guys on Instagram? Okay, I'll go. Uh, okay, who goes? Who goes? Oh, God. Oh, no. Oh, no. No, no one find us. We don't need to be seen. No. Uh, well, you can find uh, you can find Clout Check Podcast pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts, of course. We're on Spotify, Apple, all of that. And um, our Instagram for it is at Clout Check Podcast. Yeah. And what are you guys' – you guys have personal handles, right? We do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm Love at them hey, away. <laughs> <laughs> I am Hey Kelsey J on Instagram. And I am Danny underscore the underscore explorer. And every time I say that out loud, I realize I need to get rid of those damn underscores. <laughs> so whoever has my name without them, I'm coming for you. You heard it here first. <laughs> Also, I know this is like going to be more towards the holidays, but if there's any late gift shoppers out there, I listened to your guys' gift guide episode today, and it's perfection. And it was really exciting to hear someone else sing the praises of Drunk Elephant other than me, because I do that (laughs) constantly. And I was like, yes, exactly. I was like talking along with all of your gift guide suggestions. So it's a very, very solid list. I think it's a really, really great gift guide. Um, So if there's any late shoppers out there, I think that you should listen. Uh, thank, thank you guys you. so much for joining us and for showing us your favorite obsession ever, since you guys are so, so, so into <laughs> holiday home makeover with Mr. Christmas. Thank you for sharing the love. Oh, man. Well, thanks for having us. It was great to be here. So yeah, fun. Yeah, thank you so much. And we're so happy that we could tell everyone about the deep, deep love that we have <laughs> for Mr. Christmas and all the holiday cheer he brings helpless families out there. So. <laughs> Thank you.